It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray. Today is December 15th, 2015. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. Joining me today as co-host is Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army retired, former Deputy Secretary for the Maryland Department of Veterans Affairs, also past Department Commander for the DAV State of Maryland. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Gary. Always good to be with you, sir. All right. And, you know... We only have 10 days left to give me my presents uh, for Christmas, so I just want to let everybody know. <laughs> well, anyway, you know, I, I hope everybody listened to last week's show. Last week's show, we had Zach Northup, CEO and also co-founder for StandWatch. They're a nonprofit organization that will provide medical care and family support services to veterans and their families in places where the VA has little or no presence. Their mobile medical unit will travel to rural areas and small towns actually to treat an immediate or emergent problems that cannot be waited upon. If you missed the show, be sure to listen to the archive show on the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. And, you know, I guess harping does get you, uh, you know, a little bit of attention. You know, we, we have been talking about something, Bill, for, for a handful of months now, and that is the choice card. Um, that choice card is, is really something else, uh, and I hope everybody remembered. Every vet, whether you're signed up for the VA or not, you receive a choice card. That choice card has made some changes just recently, and it's, uh, they're, they're pretty fair changes. Actually, under the updated eligibility requirement, first of all, you have to sign up on the VA in order to use the card, so be sure to sign up with the VA. And uh, once you meet at least one of the following criteria, uh, it will actually pay for doctors and services outside the network. Okay. Now, one of those, give you an example, uh, told by his or her local VA medical center that you'll not be able to schedule an appointment for care within 30 days of the date the veteran's physician determines he or she needs to be seen or within 30 days of the date the veteran wishes to be seen if there is no specific date for his or her physician. And Bill, you know, the, the next qualifications is you live more than 40 miles, uh, you know, from the VA. I live 38 miles. Uh, you think they'll give me a break? Well, let's hope so, Gary. And, and, and as you said earlier, the emphasis really is on the uh, barriers uh, that uh, prevent our men and women who serve the country in getting access by way of uh, those uh, uh, long waits for appointments, 30 days plus, and uh, having the... Uh, uh, the accessibility by being close by. You know, our, 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 our VA at the national level is still pretty much operates uh, uh, as a, an urban uh, institution. But on the other hand, Gary, 
the great majority of our men and women who serve today uh, hail from the uh, rural and remote areas of our nation, and we've got to be able to take that under consideration so that they can have the access to that service when they come home to community and to be able to uh, do what they need to, to, need to do uh, as far as their health uh, concerns are. That's right. And here's another uh, qualification. If you need to travel by air, boat, or ferry to a VA medical facility, again, that's something that uh, you'd be able to use uh, a fee-based uh, doctor or, or, or medical services out there. Uh, or you're uh, facing an unusual excessive burden in traveling to the closest VA medical center. Uh, environmental factors, medical conditions, and nature specifically or frequency of care needed. So, you know, just be sure to contact. If you need more uh, information on it, you can call 866-606-8198 to confirm the eligibility and to schedule an appointment. But you have to follow procedure. Okay. Now, Bill, why don't you go ahead and introduce our familiar guest? Well, again, with honor, uh, Gary, we have James McCormick, Program Director for Vets 4, and that's the Numeric 4 Energy. Jim is also the Director of the West Virginia Veterans and Warriors to Agriculture and owner of Raising Cane Farms Ministry. Jim is a strong advocate for energy independence and feels the only way we can secure our country and revive our economy is with a sound energy policy that includes oil, gas, coal, renewable, and alternative fuels. Jim is a retired U.S. Army captain, 22 years of service, with 16 years of those service being enlisted. Jim's awards uh, uh, includes the Silver Star, Bronze Star with V-Device. Jim is a Purple Heart recipient. He's also received the Meritorious Service Medal and others. His civilian awards includes the Congressional Medal of Honor Society, Citizen Service Before Self Medal, and the Jefferson Award. Jim is married to his wife, Heather, and they have eight wonderful children, of which two of them are serving our great nation today as we speak. Jim, welcome again to be with us today on the welcome, American Jim. Heroes Network. All right. Thank you for uh, having me, guys. Again, it's always a pleasure to be on here with you, and uh, and I appreciate the kind words. Uh, but right. uh, I'll tell you, uh, I've got to give all the credit uh, for raising those kids to my wife now. I'm telling you, she's, uh, <laughs> she's a thief. <laughs> Understand. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Jim, what is uh, Vets for Energy, and how did this all get started? Well, Vets for Energy is a group of veterans that are volunteers across the nation. We have, 20, have 27 states that are across America that, uh, are, are, you know, what they call energy forum states, which, you know, there's some form of, of energy that's there that's going to drive the economy or is driving the economy. Um, 
I first met with these guys about three and a half, almost four years ago, uh, when they asked me to go to Washington, D.C. to stop, talk with legislators about, at the time, was just, you know, to come up with better policies that was going to incorporate an all-of-the-above energy strategy that was going to uh, make us energy independent. And uh, since that time, we've grown drastically. And uh, I spend a lot of time on the road explaining the whole veterans piece and the national security piece and why that that's so critical for our, our lawmakers at every level. Because we have municipalities um, that, you know, are you know, are involved in this. We have the, you know, the average citizens involved with this. So, um, and we need to explain things, you know, why it is critical that we need to focus on, you know, energy production. Uh, You know, food production is obviously important as well, uh, but energy uh, production is equally important. So we go around and we educate people on the whole national security piece of this and, and, give people information that a lot of times they don't normally get, like the reliance on, you know, right now, ISIS. ISIS is a big talking, but I'll call them Daesh. D-A-I-S-H, they don't like that name, and that's the name that, uh, that most uh, give them, so I will tag them with that name as well, because they are a terrorist group that has just went nuts, berserk, you know, over in the Middle East, and, and it's, it's spreading, you know, into Europe, into, you know, we, we saw uh, the action in San Bernardino, California. Uh, well, somebody funds these guys. And I've been all over the Middle East. And, uh, you know, no offense, but I don't see any cornfields over there. So I know that they're not getting the money out of agriculture. So the majority uh, of, of the funds that you're seeing that's going into supporting this terrorist organization is coming from oil sales. Like it or not, people may not want to, you know, that's the elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about, but we've seen, you know, there's satellite imagery, there's uh, photographs of where, you know, ISIS is trucking, you know, uh, uh, oil shipments to black marketeers who end up taking that, oil and it crosses a border wherever and they put it in another vehicle and it gets marked with something else and that oil gets thrown into the economy uh and but at the end of the end of that route is you know that terrorist group who's taken over an oil field uh they're making money i mean that's a fact the russians just bombed one of their oil fields i mean to try to cut off their money supply so it's, it's not like it's a secret and it's not like it's a shock but they're using money that we could be making, uh, you know, in America uh, that they're using to buy weapons, ammunition, uh, you know, bomb-making materials and plane tickets and, and travel arrangements to go back and forth because it takes money to make the world go round. And uh, no one can tell me that someone didn't fund even these two that this husband and wife out in California that just pulled off this terrible terrorist attack, you know, on innocent civilians. And, you know, to even try to even say that it's anything but, you know, to try to even say that it's workplace violence, you know, I think it's just, I think it's ignoring the problem. Um, Now, 
what can we do? We invest for energy. We look at that strategic value of having an energy-independent nation. So if we utilize all of our resources, now a lot of folks say, ah, well, you're just thinking about gas and oil. No, we talk about gas, we talk about oil, we talk about coal, we talk about wind, we talk about solar, and we also educate people on the fact that one of the nation's biggest groups that uh, brings together uh, petroleum industries, which is API, and, uh, and their associates, you know, they put in nearly a billion dollars a year into renewable research. So they're, nice. they're putting more money forward than even our own government uh, right. in solar and wind and, and everything. So, um, well, Jim, sir, could we, uh, we're going to go ahead and take a break. We're going to continue okay. back uh, on this when we, when we return. Um, again, you're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, James McCormick, Program Director for Vets for Energy. Bill? Yes, uh, Gary, and, and Jim, as you might recall, as, uh, when we started the, the program, we were talking about the VA attempting to make uh, health care a little bit more accessible to uh, men and women who served this country. And, then, and near the end of the first uh, uh, segment there, you uh, had started to talk about uh, alternative fuels. A- and specifically, if I'd like to know how does this fit in again with our men and women 
returning to home and community that live in these remote uh, uh, remote and, and rural areas of our country. And, and, and with the availability, which we don't seem to tap very much, in the solar, gas, and coal, and any of the other alternative fuels that uh, you were about to talk about. Well, I, I appreciate yes. that. Jim? The, uh, yes, sir. I hope we didn't lose him. <laughs> no, I'm here. All right. Well, we're t- we were talking to uh, Jim McCormick. Uh, okay, he is. Jim? Yeah, can you hear me okay? Oh, now, now I can hear you. Okay. Okay, sorry yeah. about that. No problem. Now, you're going to continue but, uh, on with the alternative fuels. T- right. Yeah, you, you heard my question, Gary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got your, I got your question. Now, on the alternative fuels, you know, we in Vesper Energy, we advocate for the all-the-above strategy, which means basically whatever works the best in your area, you know, we need to tap into that. And as a matter of fact, we need to collectively bring all of this together to get us to a point to where we will be purchasing no energy resources from you know, foreign countries, especially those countries that are known supporters of terrorism, um, you know, either directly or indirectly. And and I think that at a certain point and not too far off future, we will be able to provide natural gas, oil, coal uh, uh, resources to countries that currently are forced to buy from no other place than, say, Iran. Uh, or let's look at uh, Europe. You know, we've got the country of Poland, and you know they're, you know, they're pretty much, you know, they're dependent to, uh, you know, buying from the Russians. And any time that one person holds all the marbles, no matter if they're good, bad, or indifferent, you know, that's not a good thing to have, especially in this day and age. And so we look at development. We look at veterans uh, in the jobs. That these, that these industries will create, but primarily we look at the whole national security focus so that at some point in time, you know, we can we could potentially see uh, a time when we will have no combat troops in the Middle East, and that would be a miracle because for decades they've been there, and, and we have to continuously send, you know, troops back and forth and... Um, and we, we need a, a better proactive approach that is going to make America more energy independent and going to make America uh, a world leader in energy. And you hear people joke all the time, and they look and say, wow, you know, look at all that money they've got in Saudi Arabia and Kuwait. And it's true. They do. they got tons of money uh, from oil sales. And, uh, you know, here we have in America, we have a natural gas industry, we have a coal, we have oil, you know, we have a renewables uh, technology that, that's unmatched. You know, we have people that have the abilities to, to do so many wonderful, great things. And we can be that rich and that wealthy. We can see communities that, you know, you'll only be unemployed because you want to be unemployed, not because you have to be. And, and that, my friends, is a big, big piece of what we're doing as well. 
Um, and then the fact that when we become more energy independent and we start selling to our allies, like, for instance, right now we have a, a ban on crude oil export. That, you know, it's a 40-year-old plus ban that we can't export or sell our excess crude oil, which we have plenty of it now. So if, let's say, Japan, who currently buys from Iran uh, crude oil, decides, well, I would really like to, I would rather buy American oil, we can't really sell it to them, you know, not in any great quantities. Uh, we, we have to get away from limiting ourselves as a nation because, you know, everybody, I hear everybody say, let's make them, you know, let's make everything made in America. You know, let's, you know, let's make the term made in America be the standard and not the exception. Uh, right now, you're hard pressed to go into any store anywhere and pick up anything and see that it's made in America. There's a factory somewhere that's created and made that, you know. Having a solid energy foothold in our country and across the globe is not only uh, going to help with creating new businesses, but it's a daggone good strategic, uh, you know, piece to have in this game. And I think that, you know, if anything, if anything, we have to at least come to the table and not just, you know, say, well, we're, alone, we're only going to support renewables. Well... I have yet to see uh, a, a fleet of ships or bombers that have the ability to run totally on renewable energy. Maybe one day that will happen, but it's not there now. Most of our equipment, to include our rifles, we need a petroleum-based product to keep those things functioning properly. It's just been made that way. And until we can change all that over, which is going to be a long time from now, it's very, very. Uh, it's it's not it's not very strategically smart to just only focus on one or two sources of energy. That's that's kind of a, a, a part of that as well. Did that kind of well, answer I, your question? Yeah, that that that's agreed, Jim, and I, and I like the way that you put that. Uh, but but I'm sure through the mission of Vets for Energy. Uh, there must be something going on in terms of informing uh, veterans out there about this, and especially, as we mentioned, those in the remote, uh, uh, rural and remote areas uh, as to how this can change the situation where being uh, less dependent on the renewables, as you've mentioned, but at the same time having this available in those communities where they live now, and it uh, may create some problem for us because the availability is not there. Right. Yeah. No, it, and, and the and it's just like when you talk about pipelines and, you know, people get all tore up about the Keystone XL pipeline when the reality, if you sit down and you look, you know, we've got thousands of miles of pipeline already running. I mean, the Keystone right. XL pipeline is very small in comparison to what we've already got. And what we're looking at is, is you know, when you run these pipelines, you bring a resource to a group of people that may have never been able to get it. I mean, let's just take, for instance, the natural gas. You know, when we start moving natural gas, you know, along a, a pipeline or we start moving it uh, from point A to point B, you know, there are substations in the center, 
and all along that, you know, there are going to be jobs that are going to be created, you know, as well tenders and people that, and this is just natural gas, um, and people to even cut the grass, pull security duty. I mean, we've seen towns created, you know, because of the natural gas and the oil booms in South and North Dakota. And, you know, there's no secret. I mean, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of died down a little bit now. Uh, but there was a time when people were making just $100,000 a year, you know, driving a truck. And, you know, that's a skill that not everybody has. But a lot of folks have gotten very wealthy and have been able to start their own businesses because of that. I mean, the, the jobs at McDonald's, they couldn't get people to work at McDonald's. So they had to start paying, you know, higher salaries to the people around there. And, and, and that, that created jobs for everybody. Nobody that didn't want to work, unless you just did not want to work, uh, nobody, you know, or they just couldn't work, would not have a job. I mean, it just, it, it, was, it was there. And uh, we're not talking about that kind of a major boom uh, across the country, but we're talking about an increase of several hundred thousand jobs and bringing energy resources that were not available before to communities that have been forced to just be totally dependent on uh, one fuel source. And I think that, uh, you know, adding a little bit of competition to the game is, is not a bad thing. You know, you... Uh, you know, some places like in West Virginia where I'm from, coal, uh, coal works really well. But we also have a lot of natural gas in West Virginia. And we have some oil, very limited. But we do have some oil in West Virginia. Um, and that's the same way everywhere else. I mean, some places, you know, they've got natural gas. Some places it's better to use the wind energy. Uh, some places it's better to use solar. Um, and what we're saying is, is let's bring all that together Let's stop fighting about who's better or who's bigger or who's greater and and definitely stop the arguing because, you know, the science that's been been made just since 2010, I I, I was set through a safety brief on offshore oil drilling. And the technology and the advancements in technology since 2010 was the equivalent of like 30 years of technology. Uh, as far as just in the safety field, just in the ability to, you know, to prevent a catastrophic field, uh, spill, just in the ability, you know, to, um, um, you know, to prevent a backflow preventer valve from, from not functioning properly. The technology right. is great. And that's, that's some of the stuff that the American people need to hear instead of the same drum beaten horn tooting stuff that we've heard since the 70s, you know, that we're all going to die. No, we're That's not right. all going to die. You know, we can live together in harmony, but we've got to figure out a way to do it. And uh, the That's way right. to do it is to start with sitting down at the table and talking about it. All right. We're going to go ahead and take a break. Let's not forget about the Veteran Suicide Prevention Channel. It was created to try to save the lives of American veterans and promote good health and understanding to the family members and supporters. The VSP Channel 
will actually achieve these goals by producing and broadcasting shows that contain healing subject matters and information, educating, entertainment, and providing resource information that will benefit America's veterans, their family members, and support uh, whatever or wherever they may, might live. You know, this is including internationally. They need your support today. Just go to the vspchannel.org, and on the home page, there is a link to GoFundMe and help support the veterans and their families. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Streaming live. The leader in internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Jim McCormick, Program Director for Vets for Energy. And, Jim, you know, we've been hearing for years that we have enough um, oil under the USA here that could be make us self-sufficient. How come that's not being tapped into? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. There's there's a variety of, of reasons I've been given and others have been given. Uh, it's definitely not the technology because we have the technology to do it. Uh, a lot of these uh, oil companies, you know, they spend a tremendous amount of time and money you know, on safety and regulatory concerns, and they don't mind doing that. Um, if you look at, compare the uh, petroleum industry to any other industry in the country, and that's construction, that's general industry, and I worked in safety for years, you'll find out that uh, it, it's pretty safe uh, as far as, uh, you know, working in that industry. The other thing is, is right now Americans are not really concerned because gas prices are very, very low. Now, I want you to think about this. The people that control that price of gasoline are also many of those countries that we talked about earlier. 
that uh, also have held the, uh, you know, held all the marbles when it came to oil for a very, very long time, and still do. Um, it's not hard for them to drop the price for, uh, for oil down to, uh, you know, a level to where they're not making a whole lot of money in order to bring those gas prices down to, you know, to actually, you know, push back the progress that we're making here in America. Because, honestly, what we're doing scares the bejesus out of some of these folks. Because let's just take, for instance, the black market oil that's coming out of the ICE-controlled territories or the DASH-controlled territories. The DASH-controlled territories are supplying their entire operation, their entire operation on two things, theft, because they're a bunch of thieves, and, and, they're, and they're, they are, they're a bunch of thieves, and they, they're drug traffickers, sex traffickers. But the big one is, is that they are, they're in control of some of the major, uh, you know, uh, oil uh, drilling operations, and they are pulling that oil out of the ground. Uh, they are loading it up, and they're selling it. And they're selling it for whatever they can get out of it, because you know what? They don't have to pay slave labor. And those people have two choices that are working in there right now. Either you continue to work for the Daesh, uh, or uh, we'll kill you. And they have proven that time and time again that they're going to do that. And I think it's a shame that we, as Americans, aren't jumping up and down and saying, you know what, we realize gas prices are low, but I'll be darned. There is no reason for us to not, you know, for produce our own oil and our own gasoline here in America, put our Americans back to work, and then put an end to the people like Daesh that are using that to create a whole, I mean, everybody's just terrified. Every time you hear the, the term ISIL, ISIS, Daesh, or whatever, you know, terrorism, it just scares people to death. And you know what? They're not too scary when they run out of bullets. And they're not too scary when they face down, you know, an armed U.S. soldier or an armed U.S. Marine or an armed U.S. sailor or, or uh, they have to face down an F-16. They're not too tough then, especially whenever they're running out of ammunition or running out of food because we've gotten smart about it and we've taken on the economic war uh, that we can have against them and take that money out of their pockets. And, and people are not really looking at that. They're looking at, well, I only pay a dollar and seventy-eight cents a gallon for gas now. Well, that's great for you, but yeah. and it, it is nice. But let us get to the point to where maybe we can have gas for a dollar and fifty cents a gallon again one day, because it's all drilled, produced, and made here in America. Or even if you're paying a dollar and ninety cents. I would rather pay $4 a gallon for gas that I knew 100% was made in America than I would pay $0.50 cents per gallon of gas that could have possibly been black marketed in here. I just, I, I don't see the sense in that. Um, the other thing is, is that well, there's a lot of environmental uh, environmentalists. I'm an organic farmer. Everybody knows that. So, you know, before anybody gets excited for me saying this, but let me tell you something. Uh, I, work, I have a farm that's around fracking, 
and I have yet to have one issue with groundwater, uh, surface water, or anything. And I have a very good relationship uh, with those folks that drive up down the road. One time, there were some trucks that were speeding down the road, and I called the company and said, hey, look, you know, this, this, this has got us, and they slowed their trucks down and apologized for that. So, I mean, they're making the effort to live in harmony. They're not coming over and destroying the environment like people would like the leech to believe. They're not poisoning the water either. Uh, I wouldn't be able to have an organic uh, operation or a natural operation if, if they were, because, you know, I can't sell anything that that's tainted or, uh, you know, has something wrong with it. It just, just not happen. And so environmentalists, we appreciate it. I love the air and I love the water and I, I love it all, but we can live together in harmony and balance. And if they need to be a little more willing to sit down to the table and have a civil conversation and not just bring in 50, 60 people in a room with signs wearing T-shirts, you know, accusing, you know, all energy companies, and that's coal, that's oil, that's gas, accuse them all of just, you know, destroying the planet because that's not what's happening. They have to live here, too. And I'm, you know, I, for one, uh, would rather think that we would have enough common sense and decency and intelligence that we could sit down with these folks together and come up with a plan that's going to work. And I've heard everything. They're going to steal your land. Um, you know, they're going to come in. They're going to kill all the animals. You know, especially with the pipeline situation. I heard that. And I continue to hear that to this day. But I always point to the to the Alaska pipeline. Now that was built back in the seventh, uh, and I think it started back in the late sixties. Now. Uh, if you study the safety on that, you study the environmental impact on that, it's been negligible. And people have made up a lot of stories and things to scare people. And, uh, and we need to get, need to get real about it because let's think about it. If we're not producing it, if somebody else is, and that's somebody else that's producing it, I promise you, it's not going to be nearly, nearly as, as uh, adherent to safety and environmental regulations as we are in the United States. And on top of that, the more we delay this, the more we push this back, the stronger that our enemies get. Because every day they're pumping out, you know, 4,000 barrels of oil. I can't remember exactly how many numbers there are now because I know the Russians bombed one of their oil fields. But... But they're pumping out, you know, thousands of barrels of oil, and that money's coming back into the pockets of terrorists that continue to grow and fund their operation. Right. So we have got to get beyond, you know, all the arguing and screaming. Got to get busy because the, the what if compared to the what really is going on, the what ifs, well, what if this happened, what if that happened? Well, what's really going on is is you have an entire terrorist network that's making billions of dollars on 
energy and oil, and they are enslaving people and terrorizing people. We've got to put an end to it. And we can put an end to it by taking that money source away. And we do that by becoming competitive and becoming the world leader and the gold standard in that. And uh, obviously, it's, uh, it, it, it's a heavy lift. But it's got to be done. It's just, it's got to be done. If we ever hope to, to get beyond what we're doing right now, it's, there's no other choice. Got to move forward. That's right. Definitely. Now, who adjusts those things? It seems like whenever there's a holiday, <laughs> you know, and everybody's out on the road, uh, our gas prices go up. I don't think I don't think they know that we're not that stupid. But they're again blaming the cost of oil per barrel, um, and that's a common thing. Every holiday, mm-hmm. if you're on the road, gas prices are going to be higher than normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. You're right, and, and, you know, a lot of that, the gas prices being where they are now, you know, that, that's a strategic move by those that are in control of all of that oil right now. Says, well, America, you don't need to be an oil producer. Look, you can buy gas for $1.77 a gallon now, but don't worry about it. Don't get excited about it. Well, that will not last very much longer, and, and I promise you that, because eventually... You know, once they feel like they've got to a point to where they shut off some of that activity, those prices are going to go up again slowly but surely. And uh, we'll be back to the $3.90 a gallon, $4 a gallon. Remember that. Remember that, friends, because that wasn't that long ago. And these prices didn't just all of a sudden come down just because OPEC decides to be nice. You know, that's not the case. And, and, and I hope that we as Americans can open up our eyes and see, well, you know, maybe, right. there's, maybe there's something to this, you know. That's true. That's yeah. true. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a break. Do you own a business and would be interested in saving money on your merchant account? Again, I want to thank uh, First Class Merchant Services. They're the sponsors of the show. Uh, and... Be sure to check with our sponsor. Again, they're First Class Merchant Services. They are a national company. It's run, family run, by Josh. His name is Josh Cole. Give him a call. Check out what you're paying on your merchant account. Uh, You're going to see there's going to be a difference that he can save you. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. 
For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Jim McCormick, Program Director for Vets for Energy. And Bill, you had a question just before break? Yeah, uh, Jim, uh, uh, can you explain to our audience that uh, the, your organization, Vets for Energy, what's going on in the creation of jobs uh, for veterans and uh, how they're being informed about this particular approach that we're taking? Because I think it's a great concept there. And, uh, again, we get that energy out there, but it also... Uh, allows for an opportunity for our men and women who serve to participate in this process. Right. Well, we we do a lot of uh, of uh, uh, internet advertising. We also do a lot of discussions. But uh, as far as talks, stand up presentations in uh, various states, I've been all across the country giving this presentation. Actually, uh, but as far as jobs go, you know, we uh, are very very active in working with companies that are hiring and letting them know about the skill sets that our veterans have. Now, for instance, a truck driver in the Marine Corps, and I'll use the Marine so I don't talk about the Army, just the Army, because you know, I'm a soldier, but I'll, I'll talk about them all. But uh, uh, So we talk about those skill sets that that truck driver had, you know, in the Marine Corps and how that translates over into a civilian occupation. Uh, and it could be truck driving, but it could also be uh, someone that works in, uh, in fuels and in mechanics because they have a level of, of maintenance experience and the ability to take care of equipment that would qualify them in some uh, companies to do the uh, services on uh, various pieces of equipment. And then showing them that, you know, the, the trucks and the equipment that we utilized in the military was uh, very similar to what they have in the civilian world. And it doesn't take a lot of transition training to bring our people up to speed on a certain piece of equipment because they've got the basics. The same thing with a whole wide variety of other jobs, including human resources management, clerical, legal you know, all these jobs are important in the gas and oil and the energy industry in, in, in particular, um, but also electronics, mechanics, even the infantrymen. The people that have been trained as infantrymen do very well working in the uh, energy sector because they've developed a level of discipline, the ability to uh, follow orders, but mainly 
because they have the ability to uh, be very flexible. So, you know, someone that's working, let's say, on an oil rig or a, uh, or a, uh, a gas line or a uh, coal mine, you know, people say, well, what skills does a, an infantryman have? And I'll tell you the skills that they have. They know how to show up to work on time in the right uniform, and they know how to learn, and they show up drug-free. And that, my friend, is a huge thing in that industry. And they know that our veterans have that discipline and the ability to do that. So we educate business owners on that because a lot of them say, well, you need a four-year degree in this. Um, Well, in human resources, if I bring you a retired U.S. Army uh, career counselor, a.k.a. recruiter, um, or a, a retention specialist, you know, that person has skills that will transfer over into your human resources department that honestly are going to be a lot, and I'm not, I'm not saying anything bad about someone that goes and sits in a four-year college, okay? But if I've got a 20-year vet who's done six years or even eight years in recruiting command, you know, they know a little bit of something about working with people. And to say that their skills are any less than, you know, a person that went to college, no offense, but, you know, you're usually 23, 24 years old. You know, you've, uh, you've, you've sat in a, a classroom most of the time, and uh, the real-world experience is not there. And whereas this veteran, this recruiter, you know, the experience is there. And, and I think that they're getting it now. Um, a, lot of your, uh, a lot of your companies are saying, you know what, we'll take, we'll take four years of military experience and, and we'll take six years of military experience or whatever and, uh, into consideration. And so our folks are getting hired for a lot of jobs that traditionally they'd walk in with everything but the degree, and they couldn't even get an interview. And that's changing, and we're making that change because uh, we're out talking and we're out communicating. And we have the people that we can bring to them, and I can take you, I can bring you 100 veterans. If you put out a job, uh, let's say pay sixty-five to $80,000 a year working in, let's say, uh, you know, recruiting or uh, human resources, or um, even driving a truck. We can bring you the veterans, you know, that have the skills that are going to be able to transfer over. And so that's a big part of what we're doing as far as the jobs go. Uh, and then we're just extremely loud cheerleaders, uh, you know, for our veterans and for their families. Uh, we really believe, especially after the last you know, 14 years in combat, you know, we have people that have spent their entire time in the military in combat. You know, we have people that have continuously back and forth, deployed back and forth, and they've earned the opportunity to, uh, to be considered for some of these jobs. And, and thankfully, you know, the companies that we're working with, they agree, and they're looking. And they're recruiting. So 
I'm excited about that part. And, you know, that's huge, not just in the energy industry, but that goes for any any industry. Um, and I, I think that there's an awakening going on, and part of it is because of what we're doing with Vets for Energy, because I get calls from people that are not in the energy sector asking me, okay, so how did you guys determine that this person was qualified for a human resources specialist? And they may work in uh, food service, or they may work in the hospitality industry. And, and that's, that's the two industries that I have talked to about this. And I explained to them, you know, here's where you go to match these skills, the skills they got in the military compared to the skills they had in the civilian sector. So it's bleeding over, not just in energy, but in, in other areas as well. And people are taking, taking it very serious. So I'm very proud of that. I'm very happy that that's, that's great. happened. That's great. Well, we only have a couple minutes left. And, Jim, it was a pleasure having you on today's show. What would you like to share with our listeners in closing? Uh, just check us out. Uh, we have a Facebook page, Vets for, Vets for Energy. That's V-E-T-S, the number four, energy, uh, E-N-E-R-G-Y, or www.vets, V-E-T-S, the number four, energy.com. You know, come out and, and, uh, and sign up and, and uh, you know, get our updates and see what we're doing. We do a lot of educational things on there, and we talk a lot about jobs, too. So if That's you're looking great. for a career... Let us know. That's great. Appreciate it. And Bill? Well, Jim, thanks again for your service, and thanks for coming to be with us today. Uh, much success to you in, uh, in this direction. I think this offers uh, a tremendous opportunity for our men and women who serve the country. Thank you Thank very you much. Again. Thank you. If you missed any of our live shows, all our shows are archived on demand 24-7 on our website and you can also hear our archive shows right from your phone and remember we spotlight and promote the best available information of interest to america's veterans and their families anytime anywhere and on any mobile device i'm gary ray and thank you for joining us today and we'll see you next tuesday at 11 a.m eastern standard time thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of american heroes network Please join Gary Ray again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you, we're living free. We're a quilt of-